Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast, where we talk about perceptions of the future, issues we need to be aware of, and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. The Humanized Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Welcome to the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Barlow, as always, joined by Craig Saffin. So welcome today, Craig. Thanks very much, Steve. Nice to see you again. And uh, we've got a special guest today, John Drury. And uh, John Drury's uh, a guy that I've known for a long time. I think 30 years, I think I've known John. We've kind of been a while between <laughs> drinks, but uh, yeah. uh, John is a great leader and he knows a lot about leadership. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to what you've got to tell us today, John, or talk to us about. Okay. And, uh, let's just kick again. it off by... Uh, by just asking you to tell us a little bit, bit about what you're doing now and, and go into as much detail as you feel free. Okay. Well, for the last 13 years, I've been working as a business coach and I call myself a business mentor, actually. So coaching coaching doesn't always imply that the person doing the coaching has had much experience. So I've, I've uh, built that business over the last 13 years, uh, focusing particularly on leadership. Uh, helping business owners and corporate executives understand what it is they're trying to do with their business or their, with their career and uh, help them put a, a strategy and plan around that and, and if they have a team to get their team on board with with where they're headed so that everyone kind of is going in the same direction. And a lot of uh, people in business are good at the technical skills that they've learned uh, a business owner, a lawyer, a, a, whether it's professional services or whether it's a trade base, it doesn't really matter. If, if you they're good at the technical side of what they do, but not necessarily good at leading people and helping build a culture and setting a tone for a team to really thrive. And that's the piece that I help them with a lot. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. Uh, if prior to that, is that where you want me to go? Yeah, um, yeah. Let us let us know a bit about that because a lot of this stuff has been formed formed up. The skills have been formed up somehow, and that's what I'm interested to know as well. Yes. So uh, prior to that, I I started the church with uh, just a handful of people. Like I think the first week we had about seventeen. The next week we had eight. So we're doing well. Um, and <laughs> we started just just from scratch, really, uh, in the Lower Blue Mountains, a small community just west of Sydney. And uh, grew that church. I uh, did that for 24 years. And over that time, lots of ups and downs, but basically it grew to over a thousand people. Uh, we had three campuses. We built property um, and to, to, to actually get a church into a small community uh, where there's very little land is quite a challenge. All sorts of community consultations and working with local council and everything else. Uh, and that, but the average age of our church was 24. So we had a very young group of people. I think the highest age group was 15-year-olds, lots of high schoolers, lots of young adults, and then anyone over 30 that was in the church uh, was young at heart. And so <laughs> well, they, they, uh, they wouldn't cope. So that was a great experience. It worked really, really well. Just the, the, the youthfulness of the church and the lack of experience there, probably looking back, 
I didn't have enough support around me. So it worked really well for everybody but me in the long run. And I look at the time I didn't know it, but but looking back with some perspective, I burned myself out and, and lost my way. I was helping thousands of people find their way and, and kind of lost my way emotionally. Got to a day off, didn't know what to do. I was so uptight. So I, I kind of enjoyed my work and got a lot of kudos from that, a lot of good rapport. Everybody was enjoying that and I felt needed and, and loved uh, in the workplace, not always at home because I was spent when I got home. So <laughs> that didn't uh, work as well. But burned myself out and uh, needed to resign. I ended that experience quite in, in a way that I wish could have been different. So mm-hmm. uh, learned a lot of lessons. Uh, and over the next two years, spent two years regrouping, working with a psychologist to understand me, understand what was going on. I needed people too much. I needed to be needed too much. Uh, I was very high functioning in my work, but but uh, wasn't good at looking after me. So that was do- doomed to fail eventually. And I see it a lot in business now with people I'm working with. Um, so yes, so that 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 was that experience. Then I I as I began to regroup, um, it took me about two years to get my bearings again. Uh, I, I worked in a swimming pool shop, just testing water and selling chemicals and selling pumps and filters. And after one, you know, three months of that as a casual, just to pay the bills, I um, was offered the job to manage the place because uh, they could see I had other skills. So, so we had a team of nine and I grew that business. This is 2007, 2000, 2008, nine. So GFC kind of territory. Uh, everyone was a bit wondering what was happening in the marketplace and i just went out and marketed the business built relationships with real estates um connected with uh with them and, and we would end up servicing a whole lot more pools had to put an extra van on to do servicing and uh, train the team how to sell and so we grew the business uh, over those next two years and i realized hey i know how to grow things uh, it wasn't just a church. It wasn't just a fluke in the church. So I actually understand the principles of how to grow teams and how to grow businesses. So I, in that period while I was managing that shop, because it was not that hard, um, I also did some uh, uh, executive coach training uh, mm-hmm. through the Coaching Institute in Melbourne and uh, ended up uh, starting to work with clients in 2010. The, the owners of that shop got a little, they, it was growing too quickly. And they would have needed to change some structural things. So we it was decided it was a good time for me to leave because they kind of wanted me to rein things in a bit. So uh, that was that's that kind of my story in terms of my experience, mm. very briefly. Mm. Um, and then started working with clients, would coach like working with anybody initially, but then gradually realized that my focus, my best strengths are with people, with leadership and with people and with teams. So I don't, if a business is financially needing help, I bring in financial advisors like Craig. <laughs> uh, if, a, if a business is needing systems, I can I can discern the need, but I don't like fixing systems. Uh, but I work with the people side and the leadership side of the business. Mm. Oh, John, thanks for sharing. Now that's There's a lot of personal uh, information in there, so it's a very... Uh... It's wonderful that you're able to share that level of detail. So thank you. I wanted to just start by asking you a bit about um, 
your leadership role in the church. You're growing, I mean, it's impressive growing uh, like the church up to a thousand people and across three campuses. That's. But I wanted to ask you about this phenomenon about a leader that um, that burns out, and uh, because it is quite common, and uh, a leader that um, can't sort of let go or or has to do everything. Can you talk a little bit about that phenomenon and why you think that that is a common thing in in um, leaders that are growing businesses? Okay, um, that my experience, you know, everyone's unique. So my experience, some of it translates to business and to what I see with business owners. And now, uh, some of it doesn't. But I, I, um, I had, I grew a team. We 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 had hundreds of volunteers and forty paid staff in the end before about the time that I left the church. Um, we had five businesses within the church, um, like a creative arts school and a media company and a whole lot of things. We had a restaurant. So there's all sorts of things going on in there, which I, I wasn't managing everything. I was I'm not a I'm not a, a micromanager. That wasn't what burned me out. It's just the constant pressure. And in a church environment, there's all sorts of things uh, that come because people feel they have an ownership of the whole thing, which is wonderful. You want that. But then if they disagree with what you do or a direction, something that you say, then they're very quick to tell you. So you've got to le- learn how to take some shots. And uh, some of those come in the back, in your back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, 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 and, and then you're supposed to be nice. Like you, if yes. you get cranky and nasty, uh, that doesn't play very well either. So no. I um, had I bottled up a lot of frustration over 24 years, mm. and um, didn't. I don't. I think there's two times I remember getting angry with someone mm. uh, to their face in 24 years whereas i would get angry and it would bottle it up and 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 so that i see that happening in business environments but business in a business environment you're paying people to be there and you uh you you business owners are a bit more freer to express their displeasure and uh, and uh i think that's not a bad thing as like although now with all the rules and regulations around bullying and harassment and everything else it's amazing what gets called bullying you can just be calling people to an account to account for what they're meant to be doing and they feel like they're being bullied. So that pressure, it would be similar, and yes. it, it builds it builds up. And it's if you don't know how to deal with that, if you don't have a process for dealing with that, which I didn't, I carried it alone. That yes. was my problem. Yep. I carried it on my own. That emotional pressure didn't realize the extent of it. Didn't realize how much it was impacting me personally. Uh, I, I, so many things going on. I wasn't processing them all. So if I had a like a holiday, take me two weeks to just unwind and. So how much? How much do you think? Like effectively, you're a CEO of a, of a quite a uh, sizable business, right? So yes. so what what um even though you had a lot a lot of volunteers, there's still people who are contributing to the organisation. Um, yeah. but how how much do you think now? Because you've got a lot more experience and a and a different exposure. Um that putting a leadership team and how the skills in putting a leadership team is because i know you coach um and mentor um business leaders now in that area yep. do you think if you'd done that when you're in your ceo role do you think that that um would have been a different picture yes i i yes i would have put stronger well i would have searched harder for stronger leaders worked on a, a small team of people who who uh could carry weight. Probably brought. I would have had to bring a couple in from outside because we didn't have them in, in the early days, and so many young people around, which is great. But we need. 
So I, I would have worked on that and I also would have sought outside advice. I would have been much more open and vulnerable about my emotional pain. Ah, interesting. Okay. Rather than I would like an external board or something. Uh, yes. So, so growing up people in, in, the, in the house who had more uh, authority and, and, a, and a, but could disagree with me and we would build an environment where it's like, it, it was much more okay to disagree and, and talk things through. Yes. And then have an advisory board where I would be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I think that's critical and that's what I don't see a lot. I think people take take a lot of things on the chin, uh, process it somehow, uh, you know, in the gym or wherever, uh, get rid of stress that way, but yes. don't really deal with uh, the uh, the lot, the lingering impact, the root cause as well, right? Yeah. So, so I think um, that's very interesting. And also, what you said is you went for a period of introspection, and uh, the fact that you thought you were like you used the word needy and high, high even though you were high functioning. What, how important is it for leaders to actually have that period where they're they're actually looking into their their core capability and the things that are holding them back? I think it's incredibly important. I I, um, I would encourage people, especially somewhere around forty. I think you need to do it. I, we tend to do our our, our formative, uh, like forming our identity, becoming confident about who we are happens late teens in, into 20s now yes. um, and I don't think it's done again maybe some people don't ever really work on their themselves again uh, or it's they, only if they're forced to by some catastrophe a divorce or a or a business setback or you know something going bankrupt or whatever then you're forced to look at yourself and go what happened yeah uh, right. be like me <laughs> but um, I think I think to, to deliberately, proactively take some time and work with a mentor, ideally, who can help you think about yourself and who you are in this season. And mm. there's there's many seasons. So yes. to be continually re-envisioning your, who you are, like, not chopping and changing your identity, but just watching how, who am I now in this season and what am I trying to achieve and what, what am I, what's my vision? Because it mm. keeps, it's a re-envisioning time. Uh, I'd say at least every seven years mm. to do that for three, three, six months. Uh, probably these days things move quickly. Maybe even, maybe even shorter time frame. Mm. Be working with someone and have a, have something set up where you can be talking through things and working out. Okay, why did that affect me so much? Mm. Um, and what was going on there? And understanding yourself. Not, not in some deeply weird introspective way, but in a way that help, helps you, you not to be reacting from, from stuff that you, you're not really in control of yourself. And that's when things go wrong in teams or in relationships or in business uh, decisions because you're reacting in ways that, to things you're not even fully aware of what it is you're reacting to. Right, okay, yeah. Yes, yeah, I I love the um I love the the story of your sideways move into the pool uh pool <laughs> shop business. I thought oh, that's fantastic. We Steve and I have talked to a number of people who've done that sort of uh, career sideways step or a totally yeah. uh, different step, like a step change for them. Um, can you can you talk about uh the importance of that of just doing something totally different, but taking some core skills or trend tra uh, taking some skills across that you had and you were using, but using them in a totally different context? Yeah, it, it ended up being a good experience. But um, I 
contrary to what a lot of people think, pastors don't make a lot of money. So <laughs> I needed the money to survive. Uh, I, I I couldn't live you know, for more than, a, it was about three weeks a month. Uh, I might have had cash reserves for about two months. Yeah. Um, and so I had to get a job of some kind. I didn't want something that I had to think about. So that's right. where the casual job, and so I'd walk in there, work hard, and then leave and not think about it. That that was a luxury because I hadn't had that for 24 years. Mm. So, um, and then even taking on the management role there was so easy compared with the challenges I'd been through. I had no emotional demand <laughs> at all, hardly. Uh, just, yeah. So it just, just having to think through and make sure I'm on track and work hard through the day and get it done and then leave. <laughs> yeah, that's a great it's i think it's a great experience in life isn't it and the fact that you yeah. found that you could grow the business i think is a uh, very interesting can can you um you talked about leading people and setting culture helping them lead people and set culture we hear a lot about culture in organizations and a lot of organizations seem to struggle with the culture because they they're trying to have high performing people rather than people who are cultural are cultural fit can you yeah. talk about uh setting culture in an organization and how how you help people do that yes uh i help companies develop a culture statement mm. and uh, to me culture comes out of values uh, but not just the values you know some some companies have a list of values on the wall or in the cupboard or on the website mm. but they don't mean much and it's not necessarily how things are in the company. So we've got to find what the real values are. So um, the culture is how we do stuff around here. Mm. But that's my simple colloquial definition of culture, how we do stuff around here. It's like in a family, there's a culture. In a, in a, you know, Australia, there's a sort of culture that we that we have as a nation that people notice if they live come from another country. Um, and every business has its own culture. And the thing is, you get the culture, you you either get the culture you set or you get the culture you allow. Mm. And so if there's no culture set, then, then the strongest personality will rise up and set the culture. Mm. And then business owners complain that I don't, you know, people aren't doing what I want. Well, how about you set the tone, set the culture and mm. actually do some work on this and think about what is the environment you want to, to have in your workplace? Yes. How do you want things done? Uh, not 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 in a nitpicking way, but but you know, do you want people to be open and and making suggestions and feeling free to to contribute, or do you want people to shut up and do what they're told? Mm. Um, it's that, that's that's a very sim simple thing. And so if if you pick on people and criticise every mistake they make, they're never going to be open about ideas or suggestions. Mm. They're, they're going to shut up and do their job and not not enjoy it very much. Yes. So it's about saying, okay, well, what are the core values of how we do things? They usually have to be, they have to be able to be owned by the, the senior leader. Yes. I, I had one CEO want me to come in and do a culture process, but he didn't want to be part of it. I yeah. said, well, hang on, <laughs> hang on. Uh, it, it's actually got to stem from who you are. So yes. You've got to be part of it. Yeah. You, you can't have a culture process that you somehow sit outside of. That means it's not your business or your team. And you, it's just strange. I didn't understand that at all. And he showed me that he didn't really understand what culture was. So a lot of and some business owners come in and they don't talk to anybody for three hours, <laughs> and and they wonder why the people are 
walking around on eggshells and don't yeah. and then they'll come out and blast somebody or <laughs> one day they're happy as happy as anything the next day they're upset and then and, and down that's setting the tone that's set that's mm. all part of setting the culture so what you're saying is by by doing all of that what you're modeling you're actually saying that my emotions here are the most important thing you people don't matter um <laughs> learn to fit in <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's, then you wonder why people leave and don't want to work there. So it's a, it's about about understanding all of that, really digging in and saying what are your values in reality. Uh, don't say it's hard work if you really value comfort more than hard work. Uh, so, uh, so we we think about that and then unpack the values. Okay, what does that mean for this workplace and for each of us here? And I, I do that with the whole team. And you end up with a, a, a culture statement that everybody's contributed to and feels ownership with. And then new people coming in can 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 be t- taught it fairly easily, given yes. a given a less, lesson in it. And and then you, you can you've got something to hold people to, to as well, saying, okay, how are we going on this? Are we are we you know, if the culture is we want to be encouraging and create an environment where people are are lifted up and where where we work through issues, personality issues. Uh, if, if if we're talking behind each other's backs and little groups are forming, what's going on? We're not living up to the culture that we all agreed we were going to set. It's, it's amazing how something like culture that's talked about so much uh, is um, actually it's a lot of organisations find it difficult to set a really good culture, don't they? It's incredible. One thing I, I like to ask you is, um, you know, when a, a young leader moves across from being just an individual contributor to being a leader or a manager of a team or a bigger part of the business, they quite often have to cross a bridge where they're leaving behind their 100% yeah. hands-on piece and then they're learning new skills. What is it? What is the advice you would give to a young leader who's about to cross that bridge? <laughs> That's really I like the way you put that. Um, it's it's in, the hardest thing I think is not so much whatever skills or you know, that they have to learn. The hardest thing is moving from being part of the group to being in a leadership role mm. and in a place where you've got to set set example and also because to me 90 percent of leadership is example mm. and then the other 10 percent you've got to every now and then challenge people like you encourage them mostly but you've got to be able to challenge them as well to say hey you, i know i know you uh got a lot more in you than that what's going on right. and, and to, to be able to have a conversation that that is a little bit challenging got a little bit of edge to it mm. um so t- to do that if you just want to be one of the mate like a mate with everybody in Australian environment, we, we want to be friends with everybody That's and right. be able to have drinks after work and all of that sort of stuff. When you cross the bridge that you talked about to become a leader, you've, you've actually got to separate yourself a little bit. Yes. I actually worked through this with a guy not that long ago. He he, he was one of a team. He's a, in a restaurant and he was made a, a sous chef. Like he, he There's a team of maybe 15 or 20 on in the kitchen. Yep big kitchen and uh he was not the head chef but he was a sous chef and he'd come from the ranks and where he knew everybody and they used to have a lot of just a ball and now now he's got to bring them pull them into line and not not be the one who's mucking around mm-hmm. um so he found that really hard yes and he had to he had to sit down with a couple of people who were supposedly his friends his mates and say listen the way you rib me now and, and carry on in the team meeting that that that's appropriate when we go to the pub on a Friday afternoon, but mm. or whenever. But it's not appropriate. Can you hold back because it's actually hurting me? 
And one of them was willing and the other one wasn't. So that person actually, he had to, had to let that person go. Right. And uh, that was a huge, that's, that's when you know you've crossed the bridge. If you're willing to have those <laughs> yes. conversations yes. and you're willing to face the consequences of those conversations. Yeah, and that's the hardest part, I think, for anyone stepping up from the from within the ranks to lead the role. I can get some great insights. I think uh, sometimes a C- being a CEO can be a fairly lonely <laughs> job, and and it's by gradations as you go up through the ranks, isn't it? So yeah. thanks, thanks very much, John, Steve. So, I, John, I'll just sort of sum up what I heard you say, at least, and put my spin on it, if you like. Um, and I'd I'd like to do that under six different headings of things that came up for me. Um, firstly, to be very general and broad, um, you talked about the the whole idea that being successful is great, but there are risks involved with it. And there are things that we need to be aware of. And one of those risks is losing your way, yeah. which is not hard to do. Um, and the reason that it's not hard to do is because of the second thing, which is the fact that there's constant pressure. You talked about the constant pressure, the demands of leading people, of running an organisation, of, mm-hmm. of being out in front. And uh, a lot of the pressure is emotional pressure. Yeah. And uh, you you have to be able to uh, handle that. Now, one of the things is being honest about that and yeah. facing the facts and uh, and being realistic about it. And you've demonstrated that as a, as, a, as a wonderful way of being in our presence today, but just facing up to the fact that it's not easy and that there are these pressures out there in the environment and anyone is going to struggle, no matter how much talent or how successful you've been in the past, we're human beings yes. and it wears us down. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fourth thing was recognizing the signs, hmm. being aware of what the signs look like and getting wise about that. Yes. Uh, you know, when you don't have the experience, you might not be able to see them and recognize them, but it's important to mm. to learn how to recognize them and see what the signs are and recognize them early. And the fifth thing you talked about was the ups and downs, the seasons in our lives. And everybody has them. It doesn't matter how good you are at any of this stuff. You're going to have your ups and downs. That's just the way the thing works. But what we want to try and do is maximize the ups and minimize the downs if we can. And uh, if we're not alert, if we're not conscious, if we're not aware, then we might fall foul of that. So we've got to put everything in place. And the sixth thing is about team building and the importance of team building as a player in everything that we've been talking about. And you you kind of gave us the idea that team building is not just a matter of putting people, people together. It has to be more than that. You need not just leaders, but you need strong leaders. You need people who are actually going to be there. And you talked about developing these strong leaders and building them. You said 90% is 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 example and 10% of those robust conversations that you need to have, but you're moulding people by showing them, by demonstrating and by intervening occasionally and pinpointing areas more specifically. Um, so strong leadership and also outside accountability, yes. outside advice, someone that you can talk to and someone that you can share the reality of the journey with and and get their input and get their perspective 
And that's not outsourcing responsibility. That's taking responsibility. Agreed. And, and, and using uh, using those those uh, insights from other people. So so these are the six things that I that I got out of it. There are dangers. It's wonderful to be successful. You've obviously been successful, and you still are being successful. But as many successful people have found, there are risks along the way and we have to be aware of those things, be realistic about them and do something proactive and you've helped us to understand what we can do. So thanks very much, John. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks very and, much. Uh, thanks for that summary. That was good to hear back. <laughs> yeah, thanks, for, thanks for sharing uh, your experiences. Uh, quite, quite amazing. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Humanize Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews or the future podcasts.